Welcome to Doctor Who on the Rocks, a podcast where we drink whiskey, discuss the longest running show in science fiction, and arbitrarily assign points to find out who really is the best doctor. I'm Diana, and I've seen it all. And I'm Jen. I've seen nothing. This week's story is the lost story of Marco Polo. But first, it's the Whiskey of the Week. All right, so this week we have Texas Bourbon Whiskey by the Rio Brazos Distillery from College Station. Giga Maggie's. Ooh, I'm more of a long one. Personally. Oh, man. How yeah. did we allow this to happen? <laughs> I mean, I was going to go to UT. And then I, was, I got into <laughs> my other college. I, I mean, opposite, but same. <laughs> my house has been decked in maroon and white since before I can remember. Yeah. So yeah. it was just it was bound to happen. Sure. I mean, to be fair, my grandfather is a lot more. Mm. My yeah. uncle is a Mustang. So See? we got all the Texas schools coming. <laughs> Uh, but I was very excited to find this was from College Station, uh, just because I have a personal affinity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such an interesting little small town. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this one, um, again, I got it from Specs. What up, Specs? Uh, I think I got it for like 45 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, bottoms up. Well, not bottoms up. Don't I am do not ready for this. All right, you ready? Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. A lot. Yeah, that's really nice. A lot. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of some of the other ryes we've done, but like a Mm -hmm. mild version. Mm -hmm. Where that rye gives you that really like strong kick. This one's like a muted Mm -hmm. version with a similar flavor palette. Mm -hmm. And And there's a little bit of the afterburn, but it's not so intense like the other ones we've had yeah this is a a nice one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i like it a lot definitely i mean i was really not looking forward to our whiskey of the week trial just because of how shitty i felt all day because of the so the <laughs> listeners know we have actually recorded three episodes in three days yeah so and we don't just stop drinking because the episode's over. Yeah, no. How do you do that? No. How could we? I mean, we might tonight. <laughs> we might tonight. Yeah, we ended up drinking far too much of that 1835. Yeah. <laughs> As in, it's I gone. rated an 8. <laughs> I rated a 5. Guys, if what we have found is that if you're going to drink it, mm-hmm. it goes well with Mario Party. <laughs> Yeah. That was a fair combination as a drinking game kind of a whiskey. Mm-hmm. I would I would not want to use this one for oh, just a drinking no. game. No. Because it would go away too fast. Yeah. 
And it's really I enjoy freaking it. good. Yeah, yeah, it's really freaking good. I don't want to drink this as a punishment. This is a, a yeah, joy. This is something that I could definitely take out and have a little a little dram. Yeah, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really this is really this good. really good. Yeah. So scores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where are we gonna rank it? Well, I think it's only fair that because I gave the eighteen thirty-five in eight, which I am really fucking regretting. Um, I'm gonna give this one a nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, what the price? It's moderately priced. Um, mm-hmm. It is not offensive to the nose like I don't feel like my nose hair is burned fair um and it just goes down really well like I think you said it perfectly it has that muted taste with that slight afterburn but it's not offensive it's not like I want to go jump off a bridge afterwards because like I'm on fire right like yeah because that's what some of the rise did to you oh yeah 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 um, it made me feel alive again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, that'll wake you up. Uh, so I think this one is going to be a nine for me. It reminds me how I felt with the Sassanac from mm-hmm. our first episode. Yeah. Where a lot of these I can see that we've had, I can see being whiskeys that I don't necessarily think I would give someone set who is trying whiskey for their first time. This is one I could see saying it's not going to be too intense. It's not going to turn you off. If you don't, if you don't like this one, there's a real good chance that whiskey's just not for you. Mm -hmm. Because this is a really beautifully simple Mm -hmm. whiskey that's still really yummy. Yeah. No, it's really good. It's really good. So, that being said, I think we go with a nine, too. We agree today. A nine, yeah. All right, so this week we watched Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Now, Marco Polo is one of the last episodes. Mm-hmm. We don't have any of the masters mm-hmm. from it because... There was a time when television was afraid that VHS-type home movies, home viewing, would put them out of business. So they were more inclined to destroy footage, save space. And so we've lost a whole bunch of Doctor Who. I wish other episodes, if we were going to have the same number of episodes lost, I wish that we had this one. Mm -hmm. Just because it was... Even without the footage, it was more entertaining than the caves. So uh, it is just impactful because it is the first one that was lost. And it's the whole story that was lost. So we just don't have any of the footage. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watched the reconstruction where it was the audio files and production photos that had been colorized. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. The guy at the beginning was like, and some of the photos have been painted, hand painted one by one. And if you prefer, 
to not see it in color. You can just simply turn down the color on your TV. Yeah. That was so yeah. That was really great. He was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Colorization's cool. Who doesn't want to see the actor in color? Oh, that was great. Yeah, he yeah he was great, and that was actually the actor that played Marco Polo. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So he was a little invested. Mm-hmm. He was like. My whole episode got lost, <laughs> so you're going to watch this how I want you to watch it. <laughs> um, so things that were happening in the world while this happened. I'm going to be honest, everything that I could find is mostly from the U.S., but mm-hmm. we're interested in the U.S. because that's where we live. Mm-hmm. In my personal world of importance, the very first Mustang came off the assembly line mm. when this episode was premiering, which is pretty cool because one of the early Mustangs was one of my first cars. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mine was a 66. Mm. And so they're very cool for me. They're very important to me. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry wrote the first proposal script for Star Trek during this. So we're also about to enter Star Trek time. Mm-hmm. Jeopardy debuted. Okay. And... The Rolling Stones released their first single. So it's kind of a, you know, Beatlemania mm-hmm. is going hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still just kind of a easy going kind of time. There's nothing. I mean, there's a lot of big stuff happening, but mm-hmm. going through the what's happening during this time sections of the internet, it all just seemed kind of, you know, you know, the Vietnam War is raging. Mm-hmm. It's really horrific, mm-hmm. um, which is, just going to be going on for the next decade, though. So, yeah. Uh, now, this episode was written by John Lucarati mm-hmm. and was directed by Waris Hussein. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hussein was our, also our director for An Unearthly Child. So, this is his second time directing. Uh, the fourth episode was directed by a guy named John Crockett because. Hussein got sick, so he couldn't do that episode. So you may have noticed in episode two where uh, the doctor is super pissy mm-hmm. and hiding away. Mm-hmm. And Susan's crying because grandfather won't even talk to me because he's so upset about the TARDIS. Um, it's really because William Hartnell wasn't there to film <laughs> and they needed an excuse for why he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see that every once in a while they get like vacations or they're sick or something and they'll come up with like some bullshit reason mm-hmm. why the doctor's missing or why Ian's gone mm-hmm. or so those will be kind of fun to see if we can find because I think modern day they just don't film. They schedule yeah. their vacation around <laughs> filming. <Yeah. laughs> um, what were your first impressions of this story? Uh, well, I actually like this one a little bit better than the other two, sure. even though, cause I, I was actually thinking like, fuck, I'm going to be bored because there's no, like, there's no, I'm going to have to look at pictures. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no like action happening. I mean, to be fair, there wasn't a lot of action happening. In the other yeah. two, so, um, you know, didn't have high hopes, but, um, I, I was really captivated just by, like, the color images. Yeah. Um, it was kind of hard for me to understand their accent at some, some time. So there's chunks of the episode that I just don't really know what happened because 
I tried to read the subtitles and they were all in French. And yeah. I was like, mm, this yeah. is not helping me. Yeah. The doctor at times just sounded like, hurrah, 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 hurrah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, and I couldn't even do the context yeah. clues because there's just like a still image. Right. Yeah. So you're and like, like sometimes okay. like, uh, homeboy snuck up on the guard. Yeah. Know? I was just like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. I can imagine this happening. But, uh, yeah. So there's, so there's some parts of this where I was just like, so what what happened? Like, yeah, I don't really understand. Like, I, I yeah. So, but overall, I liked it. You know, I, ha- I do have to talk about those fucking hats, the fucking <laughs> like the, 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 the yeah the noon laugh the like it's uh, the Vietnamese name for them. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> the white people playing Asian people and like the the one Asian woman. Yeah, that was. I mean. Considering that it's 1963, mm-hmm. that is pretty par for the course. Mm-hmm. I was surprised he even had a major character played by someone from Asia. Yeah. Um, she was Burmese, not Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, Burma is modern day uh, Myanmar. Mm-hmm. But I was honestly also impressed that you didn't have horrific racist accents being put on yeah. to represent the Chinese because in the sixties is when, I mean, that's where, um, breakfast at Tiffany's. Have you seen it? No. Um, uh, so breakfast at Tiffany's has Mickey Rooney in it mm-hmm. and Mickey Rooney plays the most offensive Asian stereotype, buck teeth, the horrific general Asian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, bald, wears a kimono the whole time, mm-hmm. but is generally Asian. Mm-hmm. No differentiating between what Asian is. Yeah. Um, and so that's 1961 and this is 1963. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have no accents being put on is quite progressive for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I was, I was pleased about that. Mm-hmm. I will never be pleased about yellow face. Yeah. No. Like I can't even pretend like that that's okay. Yeah. Or the ridiculous eyebrows. Yeah. The stylized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm less bothered by the hats if only because they wouldn't let them back onto the TARDIS. So they had access to the clothes that were in Marco Polo's caravan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Barbara's dumb enough, you know, they don't have ball caps, I guess. She doesn't want it in her face, you know. Um, and those hats are pretty ubiquitous for many, many Asian uh, cultures. They're yeah. really prevalent in Vietnam, Cambodia. Yeah. I mean, I don't China. mind the, the hats. I just mind that the white people are wearing the hats. It's like white people wear uh, wearing ponchos on like Cinco de Mayo, which is well, or like sure. But I think we can give her a little credit because she's stranded and only has access to what. Yeah, but she could have gone without the hat. Well, the sun. <laughs> she, they're in the fucking <laughs> desert, girl. They don't have. Oh they don't have ball she caps. Could have put, you know, like a little like a scarf or something on her head. D- but not when you have a sun hat. That is literally what they're for, are sun hats. And if she had said, the sun is in my eyes, that's what they would have given her. Yeah. But she did. You they don't know that. It happened off screen. They just 
put it on. Yeah. But it happened off screen. Mm-hmm. If this was a more, if it wasn't the 1200s, mm-hmm. I would be 100% on board with you. Mm-hmm. Um, after having lived, especially after having lived in Asia, mm-hmm. I if it was like a more modern story, 100% on board with you. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's the 1200s and there's like four white people, like ever in the whole region mm-hmm. up until that point, mm-hmm. you know, she said the sun's in her eyes, so they gave her a hat. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we do. Come on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. She probably said, look, that's kind of cool. Doesn't it would help with the sun. I don't think that this is as much the kind of appropriation that we're looking at when I lived in Vietnam and the only people that wore the non lab were people working in the fields and backpackers. Mm-hmm. That was problematic and offensive. Mm-hmm. This was useful because the backpackers have their bullpen caps. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She has her helmet hair. And that's it. That wasn't enough. And they wouldn't, well, they wouldn't let her back on the TARDIS. They thought they were all magic. Um, so I didn't, have, I didn't have quite the same problem mm-hmm. with it. Um, but I can understand, mm-hmm. especially, I'm a li- I'm sensitive to it as well. Mm-hmm. I just, it's the time period, the fact that they were really fucking trapped in the fucking dead, like, mm-hmm. largest desert mm-hmm. on the face of the planet. The Gobi is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Cool dinosaurs there, though. Um, so, what do you, what did you know about Marco Polo before this? Did you know he was like a real person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's only because I've seen the Marco Polo series oh, right. on Netflix. Right. So I was familiar with like the con. I was familiar with Marco Polo and like his story. Mm-hmm. I was familiar, kind of, with the. The general premise of who he is. Yeah. Uh, or was. Right. Um, so it was familiar to me. Where I okay. could be like, okay, okay I see. I yeah. see what y'all, y'all are doing. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I thought they did a pretty good job considering that um, history is kind of one of my favorite aspects of this. This is uh, one of the types of episodes that we call it historical. Mm-hmm. And there are aren't honestly a whole bunch of true historicals in mm-hmm. Doctor Who. In the sense that we don't have anything science fiction that happens mm-hmm. other than time travel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are no monsters. There are no supernatural elements mm-hmm. to this. It is, they get stuck in the past and mm-hmm. they have to live like it's 1259. Mm-hmm. And for that, this when one of these times where you can really tell that this is a educational program, mm-hmm. that that's how this first season was really designed. You know, we had our morality play for the Daleks. Now we're moving into a history piece where we're going to do a lesson on condensation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a lesson on the Hashashans mm-hmm. and how it is tied to Hashish mm-hmm. and how it's the assassins and pretend like Susan wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, so this was definitely like a lesson mm-hmm. in a play. Mm-hmm kind of a thing. Um, and to be fair, they did a pretty good job of sticking close to the historical representation of uh, Marco Polo. There's a lot of debate on whether Marco Polo was as much of the explorer mm-hmm. that historically he would have been given credit for. Some people argue he only got to Mongolia, which, you know, he still got to Mongolia from Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was given the amb- asked to be the ambassador for Kublai Khan. 
when he was only 21 and then really was not allowed to leave for the next 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know very many ambassadors at the age of 21. Yeah. Um, I guess though in 1200s, you're pretty much an adult. Yeah. You're, you're, you survived. You're a real adult at 21. Yeah. Um, so he was captured in a Genoesean war and he and his bunkmate basically like wrote the book on Marco Polo's travels. And there's a lot of debate on like, did he pull a Herodotus where he just exaggerated everything or did he actually do this kind of stuff? One of the big critiques is that he never mentions the Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. And you think that you'd mention something like the Great Wall of China. But a lot of explorers during this time period don't mention the Great Wall because it wasn't being really used. Because mm-hmm. the Great Wall, as we learned in Mulan, mm-hmm. was built to keep out the Mongolian horde. Mm-hmm. And Kublai Khan is the head of the Mongolian horde. And he now owns all of China mm-hmm. and Korea and Mongolia and bits outside even that. So it's just a wall in the middle of China, of the, yeah. of the region. So it's not like an important... We see it a lot in this episode. Marco Polo probably never saw it. He just never went there. It's kind of like that concept that you've never seen the Alamo. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you should live in Texas. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just that you haven't gotten to see it. Mm-hmm. You know. So they kind of played a little bit with facts. They definitely, the, the as much as you didn't like the hats, mm-hmm. I was really mad with how they portrayed Kublai Khan. <laughs> because Khan is a behemoth of a historical figure. Mm-hmm. We have so many amazing representations of him done at his, during his lifetime images and everything and they just went for some Dumbledore looking fuck <laughs> the the whole uh struggling to get out of off his throne scene where like the two old men him and the doctor just yeah. like hobble uh, their way out of the throne room I'm just like wow guys. and I get a comic <laughs> relief that's really great but don't try and portray yourself as an educational historical TV show mm-hmm. and do Kublai Khan dirty like that because <laughs> he's just like, come on, come on. Grandson of Genghis Khan, like a quarter of the world is related to Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Like it's just ugh, ugh, that part that <laughs> I felt some kind of way every time I watched this. I'm just like, you, you didn't have, like, you didn't have to Dumbledore him. Dumbledore's <laughs> cool and all, but like, yeah, he's definitely like, like, you know, I love me a Gandalf, but. Kublai Khan is not Gandalf. He's a Mongolian warlord. And was, you know, whatever, it's fine. It's fine. It's not fine, but points will be taken off for (laughs) Kublai Khan. So, anything else you want to talk about before we move into breaking it down? Uh, no. All right. Okay, so, I took lots of notes for this one because it's long enough. Mm-hmm. It definitely tapered down at the end. Um, the I last episode was unnecessary. Yeah. Unless, unless, except for, I wish we could have seen the sword fight. That would have been cool. I would have liked to see that sword fight. But so, how did we feel about the Doctor? I story? mean, when the parts that I could understand him... 
I was like, all right, you're still an arrogant asshole. Uh, but this is just your MO now at this point. Now that we've seen it didn't several seem, episodes. Yeah, I, as opposed to all the other ones, he seemed like it was like an aggressive asshole. Yeah. In this one, he settled into like curmudgeonly. Yeah. I'm just a grumpy old grumpy. Yeah, just like a grumpy old man. Yeah. You know, just a grumpy old man who calls people that aren't English from it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think he calls everybody pretty <laughs> Because he definitely thinks of he's arrogant as fuck. Of Ian and Barbara's primitive. Yeah, he's arrogant as fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's just but, ass. Um, his whole <laughs> and I put a note like refuses to bow for Kubla Khan. I will do <laughs> no <laughs> such thing. I'm like, dude. Nah, I mean, I, I mean that takes some cojones no. to not bow to Kubla Khan. You're in front. Of a warlord. Yeah. And, uh. Who claims to own the world. Yeah. And they basically have you prisoner. Like, yeah. they're holding the TARDIS hostage. And you're out here like, fuck you. I'm gonna disrespect you. And like, ruin even more, ruin, like, ruin my chances even more of getting my prize TARDIS back. Cause I'm a dick. Well, sure. But then <laughs> Dumbledore Khan was like, yeah, let's like, get best friends. And he's like, <laughs> They played backgammon for the rest <laughs> of time. So I was just like, bro, that's the wrong move, wrong move. But I mean, in the end, in the end, it didn't really matter because, you know. It worked out for him. It worked out for the two old guys got along. Yeah. You know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't like, it seemed more like, and this is now going into just like the group dynamic, that after Barbara, told him about himself. Uh, I just feel like the doctor's more just like, okay, I'm, I'm, we're going to do this. We're going to work together, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Sure. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really quite mind him this episode. I also couldn't understand him at the time. So I was just like, but from what I understood. Yeah. So what kind of score do you want to give him? Mm, I mean, Probably give him like six this episode. Oh man! Just because you know he's he's still a grump, you know, arrogant as fuck. Still, um, played kind of a role in like you know, uh, you know, trying to trying to get the keys and stuff. He's pretty clever, actually. No, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I'll give him a seven. Yeah, he was actually pretty clever uh, this episode, and really and really worked the team. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciate. So I didn't hate him. I li- I didn't like him, but I didn't. Hate him. Uh, yeah, I, I I at this point I'm never really anticipating you liking this guy, <laughs> the doctor. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's like, gonna really have to have a major shift in his character. Yeah, for me to be like, oh my god, oh wow, wow, <laughs> this old white guy is yeah. so busy. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like thinking that kind of paradigm shift is. In the cards, at least for this season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, yeah. the, or the next. Or, He's all right. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's the thing is it's kind of like that whole idea that um, everybody's kind of got, or a lot of people have that like grandpa. It's like problematic. Oh yeah, th- that's what I was gonna say next. It's like this mm-hmm. is like the the one relative that is problematic like, that I could probably see one time a year for like an hour max. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I you know I like this doctor mm-hmm. when he's not being a total asswipe. <laughs> 
Like, there's definitely, like, a level where I can't mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. with the first Doctor. Um, this is kind of my perfect level mm-hmm. of first Doctor curmudgeonly, curmudgeonliness. Mm-hmm. curmudgeonliness. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that he's just kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I like a good dick character. Mm-hmm. They're just entertaining. He's that whole random amounts of chaos mm-hmm. he kind of plays his own game mm-hmm. you know i love the fact that he's like fuck no i'm not bowing <laughs> and it works out for him yeah like that's i i love that they kind of do that where mm-hmm. everyone's like doctor you're gonna get us killed and he's like ah eh. and then it just and then kublai khan thinks it's the coolest thing since sliced bread oh yeah you're great <laughs> <laughs> you hurt, I hurt. Let's, yes. let's go play Batman. Yeah. Um, so I really liked that. Um, my favorite line of this episode, I howled. Mm-hmm. I related hardcore. Mm-hmm. I want to have an opportunity to say it to somebody at some point and probably get punched in the face. Yeah. Um, but I still I want to do it real bad. Um, when the doctor said, you don't seem to realize you are speaking to a man of superior intellect. Oh, God. That was my favorite. That I loved it. I loved it. There are so many people I wish I could say that to. And in fact, I have, but I got fired for saying it. Um, And not man. Probably just person. Um, So I really liked that. Um, And then I wanted to ask you, have you realized that the doctor fucks up Ian's name all the time? His name is Chesterton, Ian Chesterton, and he'll call him Cheston, Chesterfield, <laughs> Chittington, like also, yeah. So I would pay, pay, they even, I, I don't know if it's a William Hartnell can't say, say his lines correctly mm-hmm. or if it's written into the script or if it's just so much of a thing that now they're just like, Ian, yeah, that just, they just, just ad libs it, yeah. it yeah. because Ian will go, that's not my name. <laughs> and I think it's fantastic. And just how little the doctor gives a fuck. Oh yeah. Not at all. He's like, whatever you male. <laughs> yeah. one. Come on. You're the strong one. Do the thing. Let's do it. <laughs> you helmet hair. <laughs> you think a lot. Do the thing. Susan. <laughs> Susan. Scream. Thank you. Uh, so I really, really liked the doctor. He giggled a lot this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. I like, I like it when the doctor giggles. Yeah, those cool um, giggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time he kind of didn't have control of something, he just started giggling, <laughs> um, and I was really into that. But he doesn't really drive any plot. Mm-mm. He doesn't really do much other than kind of, I don't know, almost provide com- comic relief for this one. Yeah, he's really just, he kind of blares into the background. Which is weird, yes. considering the show's called Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. This, but this episode is really more about Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm going to give him an 8. An I eight. loved him. <laughs> I loved him. This is, for me, this is prime. Do- this uh, this aspect of it is one of the reasons I wish this one hadn't been lost. Mm. There's a lot about this episode that makes me wish I hadn't been lost, but getting to see the doctor behaving this way, kind of being silly, being mm-hmm. the right level of grump, mm-hmm. just prime. Would have wanted doctor. to see that. Yeah, I would have loved Life. to see some of that. Yeah, it's just some of the little grumpy faces, maybe mm-hmm. some eye rolls, some mm-hmm. huffing. I want to watch him giggle. You know, he would have been funny. He would have been a little cute. <laughs> 
Um, so that's the doctor scored, mm-hmm. seven and an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, next comes um, Screaming Susan. 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 How do you feel about Susan? Susan. Susan. I mean, poor girl. No, pink chow to color lines. <laughs> uh, but I did. I mean, she. Yeah, I, I think at this point we can't talk about Susan without talking about Pink Cho and just like their friendship in this, you know, series. Um, and how they both kind of are like, you know, Tagana is sketch. Yeah. As fuck. Uh, let's go snoop and see what he's doing. Yeah, they were yeah. regular Nancy Drews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also just pointing out her loyalty to Pink Chu and just like whatever Pink happened. Cho. Pink Chu, sorry. Um, and just like whatever happens, I'm going to go say mm-hmm. goodbye to you before we leave. Does it matter? No, no, not dumb. Hold hug. on. I'm not done. So <laughs> I, I, appreciate, so I appreciate that she kept her word. But also in my notes, I, I wrote, damn, should have told, you should have told the crew that you were leaving or you should have at least gone earlier in the day to say goodbye <laughs> right because you knew you were gonna leave at right. night so like why just just go say goodbye and then you know you do your thing and you still kept your word but i was i was kind of impressed i was like you're dumb but you kept your word i looked at the <laughs> the internet browser mm-hmm. when they were like where the fuck is susan and i was like oh god damn it i looked at the internet browser and i was like this this serial could have been three episodes shorter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she just yeah, left she, her a note. Yeah, yeah. Or make a little paper. Told her air- goodbye during the day. Yeah, because she knew she was gonna leave. Right. I mean, you've been planning on it for. So this. So one of the things that's interesting overall this um, mm-hmm. this whole serial took the time frame for the when they landed in the TARDIS and got back. It was three months. Mm-hmm. So Susan really spent a lot. I mean, like she was bunking with Pink Cho for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two sixteen-year-old girls. Imagine going to summer camp for that long. Yeah. yeah. You know. Two sixteen-year-old girls who are both away from home. Yeah, and they're bonding about wanting to go home. Well, and one of them is about to get married to a seventy-five-year-old lady. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Yeah, in between. <laughs> Susan is understandably upset. Yeah, yeah. which I appreciated, mm-hmm. but like she could have been a little more quiet about it because Pink Cho didn't have an option. Oh God! To keep <laughs> rubbing it in Pink Cho's face, I was like, have some tact. Yeah, like. She's the one that's going to have to be yeah. with this 75-year-old dude. Yeah. And it was the culture at the time. Mm-hmm. We've only been out of that for, like... I mean, some, some parts of the world are still... Yeah. 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 Modern where we live. Mm-hmm. We've only been out of that for, like... Actually, it's still happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're not, we're not out of it. Yeah. It's just, no. uh, you know, legal now. We can talk about forced right. marriages on a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. still happening. <laughs> you made me laugh because at some point there was, I don't even remember what the portion of the episode we were on was, but there was other shit happening. And all of a sudden there was this high pitched scream from the other side of the couch. I hear Jen go, there's Susan. <laughs> Not even on the screen, but we're used to that screen by now. We're used to that screen by now. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, there she is. Yep. You know, right on cue. Marco. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <sighs> yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't hate her this, this episode either. Uh, you know, she, I feel like she got to be more of just like a teenager. Yeah. Like more of a kid, you know, mm-hmm. just have that 
you know, sisterly bond mm-hmm. with, you know, someone that's close to your age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're just with an old man and two middle-aged people. Yeah. Regularly so. Um, so, you know, I, I like that she got to be a kid. Still, yeah. like, inquisitive. Still detective. Yeah. And we, I got to see a little bit of the spirit of uh, first episode, Susan. Very that, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I appreciated that. So what kind of score are you going to give her? Uh, I think I also go with a seven for her. Wow. Yeah. Just because I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing her be a kid. Um, you know, she did scream a lot, but she also was on to, you know, Gerardo for a while. So I didn't hate her as much in this story. I would give her more points for credit for being aware of Tegana, but her, even her and Pink chose both combined. Their observances of him were completely, like, didn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever listened to him. Mm-hmm. Even when Pink Cho was teaming up with Ian, mm-hmm. nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really, and Susan didn't really, like, tell anybody. They just mm-hmm. talked about Pink Cho a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. I hated the sandstorm. <laughs> I hated the sandstorm. They really needed to turn down the volume mm-hmm. in that sandstorm. Mm-hmm. The combination of her screaming and the sandstorm noises and just the whole thing was just not pleasant. Unnecessary. And it could have been really cool because sandstorms are really dangerous. Mm-hmm. But um, the, just the volume, the sound was horrific. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I even wrote down when she stayed behind to say goodbye to Pink Cho, they should have fucking left her. So I gave her a five. She just, I don't know. She's not really adding anything to me. I do see glimpses of that original. I, I mean, I brought it up while you were talking. Mm-hmm. She was lower. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see flashes of pilot Susan. Mm-hmm. But they don't mean anything because there's no follow through. Mm-hmm. There is no acknowledgement from the other characters mm-hmm. that there's pilot Susan. Mm-hmm. There's smart Susan. Especially because then, you know, Ian's lecturing her on hashish and the hashashans mm-hmm. and like Susan would have known that she knows everything about the French Revolution yeah yeah I mean more and more I'm just uh, I'm I'm more and more convinced that uh, Susan like I said is really just the token team absolutely and, they just and, don't know how to write for yeah her. and it just reinforces the familial structure in the sense that, mm-hmm. like, you know, grandpa, older person in the family is, you know, the person who has the final say, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, the ne- the next oldest man and then, you know, you know, in, or- in that order of, mm-hmm. like, age, right? Uh, so, it, it, and it really just shows, right, like, in that time period, what it meant to be a family, mm-hmm. what it meant to rep- represent, mm-hmm. not like that, that they're a family because they're related, but to just represent yeah. people within that age group and then just the kind of the respect given yeah. to, to people based on where they fall in age. Well, and I think part of the problem for her specifically 
is even if you look at shows featuring teenagers today, mm-hmm. I mean, look at, I mean, the big one I think right now is like something like Riverdale, mm-hmm. which I stopped watching very early on because it was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you've got 17-year-olds running a speakeasy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Vampire Diaries. You have 17-year-olds making world-changing Buffy, you know. Mm-hmm. At no point are teenagers in television. Mm-hmm. They are either infantilized, they can't do anything, mm-hmm. or highly sexualized and adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at... Uh, Something like Pretty Little Liars, which mm-hmm. I can't get through the first episode because a teacher has an affair with a student, and how do you do a premise like that in yeah. the first episode? But everyone acts like it's okay. Mm-hmm. No problem with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're looking back at a time where teenagers are only starting to be established as a demographic period, mm-hmm. if we don't even know how to write them today in a way that is authentic, mm-hmm. of course they can't do it in 1964. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. They still don't know exactly what a teenager is. Mm-hmm. All they see for teenagers is screaming at the Beatles. Mm-hmm. So they have Susan screaming at mm-hmm. every thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I feel bad for Carol Ann Ford, the actress. Mm-hmm. Um, she has often said they did Susan dirty, mm-hmm. essentially, where, um, you know, she screamed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to look at some of the... Um, so Big Finish Productions does... Uh, radio dramas now mm-hmm. and I would be interested to go back and see some of the stuff that she's done more in the modern era mm-hmm. where she goes back and plays Susan mm-hmm. to see if they're able to create stories where she is not useless mm-hmm. I still give her a five <laughs> she breaks my heart though yeah. she does she breaks my heart Yeah. so our other lady person mm-hmm. Bark. The Bobs. Uh, yeah, I mean, also did her screaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking hated her hat. Um, but at least it covered her hair, man. That hair is awful. Fuck her. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in this episode, we got to see a, a continuance of you know, Barbara connecting these dots mm-hmm. and uh, just really laying everything out for them and yeah. going and doing the investigations obviously she gets caught, right? And it's like, oh, there's yeah. a little excursion to go try to get her, right? Uh, but just the, the development of having her kind of have more of a voice right. in this episode. Although uh, it all it kind of just falls back into into a similar pattern of like women aren't believed when she tells Marco about uh, Tagana and mm-hmm. you know the fact that he's sketch as fuck and Marco's like no like I don't believe you women like that's all the proof you have like, yeah nah, not I I do though like the development of that Ian and the Doctor don't doubt her for as long mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barbara starts making the connections and there's that moment of like ah. And mm-hmm. then they're like, all right, no. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to Barbara. Mm-hmm. Barbara is really developing to be the thinker. Mm-hmm. And Ian's kind of your doer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they definitely get do that and split those gender roles. But at least they're giving um, 
uh, one of my favorite lines from my big fat Greek wedding mm-hmm. is in the, the mom says mm-hmm. the man is the head of the family, but the woman is the neck on which it turns. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really the dynamic they're giving Ian and Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor's got the keys to the house, mm-hmm. but you know, Ian's the one I I liked when Barbara goes, Marco, Ian's got something he's talked to you about. And Ian's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and Marco's like, oh, yeah? And she goes, yeah, bye. And I'm like, <laughs> See you later. skedaddles. <laughs> and Marco's like, what you want to talk about? And he's like, the same thing we've been talking about for the past six episodes. Can you go home now? <laughs> I love that. I really like that Barbara's kind of coming into her own. Mm-hmm. And at least Ian and the doctor are listening to her mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I was hoping for after... The edge of destruction mm-hmm. was that we'd start listening to Barbara, mm-hmm. and I felt like that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what you gonna score? I was thinking a seven, but then I'm gonna subtract point five because I'm fucking hat. So I mean, it's fair. six point five. <laughs> Sometimes I think about subtracting a point five for the hair. <laughs> I think I'm giving her an eight this episode. Mm-hmm. I really like that they are. As much as they are not doing anything with Susan's character, I feel like they're finally starting to pay attention to the fact that Barbara is um, capable of Mm -hmm. doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like, though, that they are giving her real flaws. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, the two that I noticed in this episode was when, in in the first episode... When Marco Polo was like, or the second, I guess, um, when Marco was like, yeah, but, you know, I just, I want to go home again. I want to see Venice again. And Barbara's like, the fuck are you talking about? You go home. Because she's the history teacher, so she knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, you aren't supposed, like, <laughs> all of them had this problem of like, no, don't tell them that it flies. Don't tell them it goes through time. <laughs> Tagana's already over there being like, witchcraft, witchcraft, mm-hmm. sorcery, burn them all. We don't need to give them fodder. Mm-hmm. Like, they will burn you at the stake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she for her to just be like, yeah, you go home. It's written in the books. Yeah. Shh. Shh, girl. If you tell him, it may not happen. We don't know how time works here. We do not know if time is written. We do not know if... Oh, no, that made me... I, yeah, no, that irked my time travel rules mm-hmm. that are very important to me, but don't apply to all time travel stories. But this was also these... I know it happened in The Edge of Destruction, and I can't remember if it happened in other ones yet. But when people call Barbara out, mm-hmm. when she's trying to tell them something, mm-hmm. and like, no, she's not lying. Mm-hmm. But when they're like, I don't believe you, and she screams and goes, but why would I lie to you? Mm-hmm. That's not a really good defense. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it, it's very hollow. Yeah. And I wish they would stop making her do that. Um, because there's no point to that line of defense. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, when you say, why would I lie to you? Because people lie. Mm-hmm. Because you have a vested interest in getting your stuff back, which makes sense. But, you know, it's that whole idea that when Marco Polo was like, do y'all promise not to try to escape again? And they all go, you know that's why you would lie to them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I don't 
I always have had, I don't, I don't ever like that as a argument point for anybody mm-hmm. because people lie. Yeah. People lie. Yeah. That's, why would I lie to you? Cause still going to give her a Nate. I still thought she was fun. Um, I look forward to uh, her developing more as character mm-hmm. now that they're giving her actual characterization other yeah. than screaming, screamy pants and helmet hair. Yeah. I'm really excited to kind of see her. Yeah. Come into frog. And she didn't have horrible outfits this episode. She did not. I mean, you think she? I mean, just fucking the fucking hat. Yeah, but I liked I liked the other clothes she had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because they weren't hers. I mean, yeah, they're not from nineteen sixty four. That's yeah, exactly. Um, okay, now our other sixties person, Ian. You know, I didn't have any notes on Ian, honestly. He was, uh, like, non-existent this episode. Yeah. No, I mean, he he was just a muscle. <laughs> he really was. Um, he had yeah. a real great shirt, though. I want that new shirt. A nice little shirt. When he, um, like, I don't like it when it's full turtlenecked, mm-hmm. but he unbuttoned it at one point and just had it, like, hanging down. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I could be, into I could, that. yeah, give me some, like, tuxedo pants, yeah. like a pinstripe yeah, and that yeah. shirt. I'd be all yeah, into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian just... Fan in the background. I mean, I, I literally crossed him out. <laughs> <laughs> Mine oh says God. great wardrobe. Yeah, no. So, I mean, he, yeah. I I think for Ian, I'm just... He's, gonna, he's getting a five because he was neither here nor there. I mean, uh, I'm a 5.5 five five because he was a muscle. 0.5 for being a muscle. But um, besides that, he was just a muted character. I gave him a five. Yeah. Um, I gave a, I thought I gave props for going to try and find Pink Show. Mm-hmm. That was great. Another point that I wish that we had the video for this is just to see William Russell pretend to act drunk. <laughs> that would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> just because I enjoy watching anybody act mm-hmm. drunk. I think that's just fun acting, <laughs> especially because most people do it really poorly. Yeah. Um, and it just would have been fun. But yeah, Ian was just, it was, it was like, I think a big part of the issue for me for Ian and Susan is they introduced Marco Polo and they introduced Ping Cho mm-hmm. and that completely erased the characters of Ian and Susan. Mm-hmm. They, they replaced them essentially. Yeah. And Ping Cho was much more interesting mm-hmm. and Marco Polo had much more depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they gave, you know, Marco Polo got the sword fight. Marco Polo got the intro and the outro. Mm-hmm. You know, he got all of these cool things happening. And Ian is forced to have the same conversation with Marco Polo over every <laughs> single episode. Um, and, you know, got played by by Barbara to have yeah. the same conversation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he got five. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. wasn't very useful this episode. There's mm-hmm. no point to him, really. Mm-hmm. And now for... What could be described as our most contentious category? <laughs> Who dun, dun, dun. are you putting as the baddie? You know, I'm definitely one is worse than the other, but so in order of worse to that to least, yeah. Uh, Tigana. Yeah. Just because he was just a shit the entire seven episodes. Yeah. But then also kind of Marco Polo. Yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, I agree. Yeah, just because I'm like, 
all right, just because your ass got stuck here for yeah. 18 years yeah. doesn't mean... Yeah. You need to drag yeah. everyone down with you. Right. Yeah. And also, like, you've been here for 18 years. Yeah. Do you think that presenting the con with four white people from the 60s <laughs> is going to be like, oh, yes, this is this is the, the gift that I was yeah. waiting for. You can totally go yeah. home. No. Yeah. Oh. So I didn't appreciate that at the end. And just... Uh, Yeah, and I think, you know, I was going to talk shit about just his loyalty to Tegana and just, like, how he was just blinded by him. But then I also, like, you've been with the con for 18 years. I don't know if Tegana has been with the con for the same 18 years. So, yes, so the the point of, and because everything is a clusterfuck, Mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. So Tegana was representing a rival Mongol group. Okay. And they had... He was coming to Kublai Khan to solidify a peace treaty. Got it. Okay. okay. So Marco Polo as the ambassador Mm. from Kublai Khan was escorting him to Kublai Khan to Mm. finalize this peace treaty. Got it. Okay. And Tegana the whole time is like, this is what they think is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, what you want to do isn't necessarily what you're gonna do yeah okay and i'm gonna kill y'all and then kill the con mm-hmm. and my warlord is going to actually be the ruler of the world okay that makes sense because i was real confused yeah. why he wanted to overthrow the con so bad well and it's why marco was so invested in being blindsided mm-hmm. by tegana that I makes can't, sense he can't imagine yeah okay that makes more sense that makes more sense i mean he's still dumb but also you live in a in a society where at that time yeah you know obviously if you're the ruler of multiple lands right you're going to have people trying to question and overthrow well and there's scooby-doo shenanigans happening all over the goddamn place yeah so i'm just like okay all right i see you but um, yeah. So T- Tagana and Marco Polo, uh, and, and this kind of just goes back to like what I said about Ian the first time is like Marco Polo is more of like the intellectual uh, villain, mm-hmm. like just very malicious in his thought process, mm-hmm. which you know at some points to me is is worse than the actual physical evil, mm-hmm. but. Uh, in this case, you know, Tagana, you know, slashing the water jugs when they're in the fucking Gobi Desert, you know, <laughs> like, uh, I tell you what, really, yeah. that's just like, shit. just like not giving a flying fuck about yeah. anything, yeah. you know, uh, that was, he definitely had that mens rea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know, Marco Polo, you get a little bit of a pass, but you're still a dick. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I was having the same debate as I was. I was pretty sure this is what this conversation would look like, mm-hmm. and that I wasn't going to be mad about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the reason I give Marco Polo more of a pass mm-hmm. on being the bad guy is because he is being essentially held hostage in this land, and he can't understand incapable of understanding 
that that fucking blue box is a time machine. Mm-hmm. So he just cannot understand why he can't give this blue box to the con. Y'all come back to Venice with me and then go to England. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't see that he's being as, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, we say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the one that you hate the most. <laughs> um, and so, yes, but because he literally, there's just, I mean, you know, if I was being held hostage and you were like, but this is a time machine, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> You'll come with me. Like, no one's going to get hurt. Like, just give him a box and let's go. Walk. <laughs> Um, and be- so because he's trying to get out of a sh- shitty situation too, that he's been trying to get out of for decades, mm-hmm. um, you know, you start to lose your mind a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, you just want, you know, you've been in China for a really long time and you want to get back to Italy, mm-hmm. you know, I've lived away from home for a while mm-hmm. and I got to a point where I was like, I need to get back home. And so I bought a plane ticket and I moved home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, to have to live in a place where you just hate it. Yeah. And have to pretend like everything's gravy because if you don't, the con will kill you. Mm -hmm. I can see where, you know, you'd be like, fuck you. I don't understand why you're so upset. So Mm -hmm. you need to chill the fuck out Mm -hmm. and let's play my game because you don't understand the game because you're showing up in the middle of mountains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all are rooks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he lives in a world where that's, you know, the 1200s is a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a rough, it's a much rougher world. Yeah. Um, so that's the only reason he gets kind of a pass. Mm-hmm. Tagana is just an ass. Mm-hmm. You know, Marco Polo is like, fuck you for people for not wanting to play my game. Tagana is like, let's kill you all. Mm-hmm. Marco Polo is at least not trying to kill anybody. Yeah. Um, so Tegan is my bad guy, yeah. but by like some water jugs. Yeah. By some, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. If they hadn't very specifically went out of their way to make a like mustache twirly bad guy. Also, he was the worst perpetrator of the yellow face. Yes. You show me a picture of what the actor actually looks like. Unrecognizable. <laughs> Unfucking recognizable. <laughs> wow. Yeah, in case anybody needs to go, he kind of looks like the Cheeto. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little, yeah, uh, minus the weird toupee. <laughs> yeah, Darren Nesbitt mm-hmm. is his name. First mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just not <laughs> looks super English, like just looks English. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, to be fair to 1964. Mm-hmm. Really cheap production value of Doctor Who. Hmm. He obviously is wearing yellow face, and that's like a huge, huge issue. Like you can definitely tell he's wearing a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I he's completely unrecognizable, you know, perhaps the makeup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just don't do a yellow face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, darken his hair. That's fine. Yeah, dye his eyebrow, dye his hair. That's totally legit. Mm-hmm. Give him some fake beardage. Mm-hmm. Just let him be super pasty. Yeah, it's not like there were not pasty Asians at that point. Yeah, the for, the further north you go in Asia, the paler people get because yeah. that's how and melanin at, works. Yeah, and at that time it was very much a set like you're in the house, you have lighter skin. That means you yeah. are of higher status mm-hmm. versus in the fields. 
darker skin, mm-hmm. lower status. Yeah. At that point in time, yeah. that was the direct. Well, I mean, it's still you know correlation. It's still the reason we have that correlation today. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, specifically yeah. at that time, yeah, like, absolutely. They like the, the production could have gotten away yeah. with the pacey white dude. You know, you know, that's just why Barbara me. wanted the hat, right? <sighs> Fuck <laughs> that hat. <laughs> There's no excuse for that fucking hat. She wanted she wanted to look rich. She wanted to keep her skin nice and tasty. So if we're both going to go with Tegana, what what kind of score are we giving him as the villain of Marco Polo? Uh-huh. Uh, I would potentially hmm, I'm between like a seven and an eight because he's not the worst. Uh but he's also not the best. And the water jugs, you know, um Wilfer Wanton disregard for human lives. Yeah. I, I'll give him an eight. The more I think about it. Just because he did, uh, he did do some, some shady things that endangered everyone, uh, trying to complete his mission. So I give him an eight. I agree. I give him an eight. Um, I, I thought that he was a little stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's a little bit cookie cutter Mm -hmm. in terms of villain for me. I mean, literally has the, I'm going to twirl my mustache mustache. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he does. Like, you know, the black goatee, the black, the very French style, like um, Mm Dali-ish kind of a mustache Mm -hmm. that you see um, cartoons Cartoons of the sixties, yeah, or the um, bad guys from like Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm-hmm. There's the the guy out of the two that has a little twiddly mustache. Mm-hmm. It was very you can definitely tell it's a sixties product. Yeah, um, but he was an ass. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a you know considering that he's a cookie cutter, he was a good cookie cutter. They filled mm-hmm. in the lines really nicely. They mm-hmm. Filled him out. He had a background. He had a reason for being an asshole. He had the balls to pull a sword out on the con. And when Marco Polo kicked his ass, he killed himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he died for the sake of his beliefs. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be mad at that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a solid bad guy committed yeah. to the cause. Um, you know, one of those where if you told the story from his perspective, he probably would have been the hero. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad guy that I can really get behind. It's kind of like um, how I like Harvey Dent in mm-hmm. Batman because you tell him Harvey Dent's perspective. And yeah, he's loco crazy, but he had his you reasons. get it. Yeah, you understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I put him more in that like two face kind of a villain thing as opposed to the Joker, where it's chaotic and unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker's more like the Daleks, mm-hmm. and he's no Dalek, you know. Mm-hmm. Two Face is not the Joker, mm-hmm. but Two Face is still great. Mm-hmm. He's still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, so I gave him an eight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty great. 
Yeah. All right. Now, everyone's great. It don't really matter because now we're going to rank the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say for this story, I think we have to keep in mind that we don't actually have it filmed like everything else. Yes. Yeah. I actually don't mind that. I don't either. You know, I felt like the story was captivating enough that I didn't need to see the live action. Right? Like mm-hmm. I, it definitely would have kept my attention a lot more. Uh, but the pictures and the audio when I could understand it was yeah. enough. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily, you know, I was really expecting just to be like real bored and just like, yeah. holy shit, there's seven episodes. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. But no, out of, out of all the episodes that seemed so far, this sequence of episodes has been probably my favorite. Yeah. Also because the story sounded more on you know, Marco Polo <laughs> and there was more depth to the characters. Right. It wasn't just like this 2D type of, you know, like paper character. Uh, yeah. We'll have to pay attention to see if John Lucarati writes any other ones. Mm-hmm. And I think he does. I think mm-hmm. he does a couple... Actually, I know that he does mm-hmm. in two serials from now, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Um, and considering that you know that you're not allowed to peek ahead, mm-hmm. that one is one that I'm really excited to record on. Okay. Um, yeah, so I know that he does some others. So it'll be interesting to see how we feel about those, considering that for the most part, we both feel like even though we don't actually have video for this, it's been the most gratifying. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. it's finally getting it. This is the first one where I go, I can truly understand why the show is still on 60 years mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I'm like, okay. I can, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple were rough, but. And there will be others. Yeah. But, you know, but at least I'm not going to quit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. I remember the first time I watched through these, I was really worried about not having video mm-hmm. and just having the stills. Um, I think it does help that they're, they've been colorized. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying to you a couple of times, there's a couple of shots in there where it's like the TARDIS is strapped to the caravan. Mm-hmm. It's really where the TARDIS is there because everything is kind of that taupey, yeah. beigey, yellowy color mm-hmm. scheme because they're in a desert. Yeah. And then you have this beautiful TARDIS blue. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of places where I really wish that I could have a poster mm-hmm. and that art deco mm-hmm. come to the Gobi Desert yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing where it's a caravan with a camel and the TARDIS just strapped down. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like it's it's like when you um there are a couple of Etsy people that will take classic paintings and like mm-hmm. paint like sea monsters. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah. middle of like a Renaissance painting. Mm-hmm. I really like that kind of fuckery and yeah. Um, so I would love that. If anybody, you know, send me links, please, guys, because mm-hmm. if you know where I can find one, that would be in my living room right now. <laughs> that is my aesthetic. 
<laughs> TARDIS and the Gobi Desert. Um, but yeah, I remember watching it the first time and thinking, this is going to be shit. Mm-hmm. And just being entranced. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it. It's, I think it was a time, it was when I really kind of understood why radio dramas mm-hmm. could work. Because mm-hmm. I watched it long before I started getting into podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big podcast nerd now. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, that's video games and podcasts are my two. Uh, methods of entertainment well in television but mm-hmm. um and this made me realize oh you don't actually if you have enough context clues mm-hmm. you really don't need it's that whole thing that you knew it was susan mm-hmm. without needing to see a picture of susan yeah now it's you know unfortunately it's because we hear scream too much mm-hmm. but i thought that they did such a good job storytelling you just didn't need the visuals mm-hmm. i wish we had the visuals but i think yeah. it would have been Mm-hmm. Um, you can really tell they sunk a lot of money mm-hmm. into this, and considering that they had zero budget, mm-hmm. um, it's a real shame. That out of all of them, that this is the one we lost. Mm-hmm. When it, I mean, it could have been the Edge of Destruction we lost. Yeah, it could have definitely. Yeah, you know, we we didn't need that. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen just have one of these episodes. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen the sword fight between Tegana and Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. That would have been so bad in the middle of Mark in the middle of Kublai Khan's court. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it would have been beautiful. Yeah. So that's a shame, but it's still great. Yeah, it's still great. I'm not mad at it. So, what are you going to rank it? Uh, I would say I'm going to give it a seven point seven nine. <laughs> Back with the point seven. Not quite an eight, but definitely it's been my favorite out of the first two stories that we have seen. Um, I, and I also, you know, I do appreciate like historical, yeah, you know, yeah, episodes and things. Yeah, I really love a historical. It's a real shame that we don't really, they don't really do it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll get his. We'll get things in history, but they'll be like a fucking idiot or something. Um, I can understand why they don't do it because this cannot be the easiest thing to write. Yeah. But it really speaks to the museum historian that still lives. I was going to say deep in my soul. It lives like on the outside. It's like a (laughs) totally that you are. Yeah. That I wake up and just am. I woke up like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so much fun for me to, as I was kind of doing some of the research into this story beforehand, you know, I went into the Wikipedia wormhole into, okay, well, who the fuck is Marco Polo? Who is Kublai Khan? Like, why do they call it cafe? Where did that come from as opposed to China? It's, and it's just, you know, what Westerners called it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Westerners. Um, you know, and why do we know the name of Marco Polo? And it just, it gave me that deep dive of information that it's why I like historical fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why I watch all of that kind of the Tudors and Outlander and all of that, because I love getting my entertainment with a dash of history. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm taking some of the points off because of the um, Hishashan assassin hashish bullshit. 
Um, there is a similar root word that ties the Hashashans to Hashish. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> just, just to put it out there, guys. Um, but that is where we get the word, probably is where we get the word assassins. Mm-hmm. And that is a really interesting world to dive into. I didn't need that weird little lesson in the middle of it. They did not need to give Ping Cho an Aladdin story in the middle of this. Um, that was, you know, you take that out and Susan almost missing the bus and we could have ended this episode. This, this serial could have been an episode shorter and mm-hmm. I would have been a lot happier. Mm-hmm. Just take out some of that buzz, except then they would have had to make the edge of the destruction of three-parter and that would have sucked. Oh God. That would have been terrible. That would have been terrible. Um, but so it gets a couple of points off for that just because it was a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't need the, the shashans. But it also gets extra points. <laughs> I know. I feel stupid just saying it. Uh, it does. I feel dumb saying it every time. Um, but it also gets extra points because... I fucking wish Ping Cho could be in every episode. Mm-hmm. Fuck Susan. Give me Ping Cho. Ping Cho, yeah. If Susan got a five. Ping Cho would have gotten a ten. She was MVP mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. She Still was. Keys. Oh man, Doing when she most. when she said, "Well, I only promised him I wouldn't tell you where it is. So here it is mm-hmm. in my hand. Take it. <laughs> I didn't tell you where I found it. Yeah, she was a badass mm-hmm. and. It's just too bad that he, they figured out how to write Ping Cho, mm-hmm. but can't give any of that to Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, so points for Ping Cho, mm-hmm. but negative points because it shouldn't be Susan. So I'm giving it an 8.5. Mm-hmm. It's still really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Super great. Mm-hmm. But does any of it really matter? Does any of it truly matter? Is it neat or not? Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Even without the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something worth watching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's a fascinating insight into what England thought of China in Mm -hmm. the 60s. Um, I think it's beautifully done in context. Um, I think it's even valuable that you have Yellowface mixed with Burmese actresses Mm -hmm. that... They were in this space of realizing that they do need this, but maybe they don't have access or the money or they were lazy. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what the incentive behind that was? But like the combination of it all is a really interesting look into 1964 television production. Mm -hmm. And it's a great story. And it was fun. Yeah. 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 I'm just more shocked. But for those are just that are just joining us in this episode, <laughs> I have now never seen. I, no, not never. But you know, I always thought that science fiction was a bunch of W P S and never shows white people shit and never <laughs> really watched uh, any of it. So for me to say that this like sequence of episodes that only have audio. Some colored pictures that they went back and hand painted uh, to be giving it the rating that I did, I yeah. think really says something. And, and it definitely should be worth your while to check it out. Especially because it could have been really, really offensive. Yeah. It could have been, it could have been really offensive. Yeah, offensive. Yeah. 
super problematic. It could have been, you know, there was a little bit of problem, but it wasn't like what I was expecting. Honestly, you know? it's about the same, well, except the yellow face. Except the yellow face. Except I, the yellow face. I think it's almost the same level of problematic that you get often in modern television. Yeah. I feel like if this would have been an American show, mm-hmm. we would have definitely had very stereotypical um, Asian characters. Well, Mickey Rooney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mickey Rooney. I'll, I'll show that to you. After yeah. Just a clip of how just... How horrific. I mean, it. Yeah. Ooh, I cannot even believe they were able to put it in in 1961. Yeah. Because it's so horrific. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Um, go check it out. Yeah. I great episode. Yeah. Great story. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. It's more difficult to get your hands on. Yeah. So we usually watch on BritBox for Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But they don't include these episodes. So do your own sleuthing. When I say it's hard to find, I mean, it's not that hard to find. Mm-hmm. If you know where, where you to look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not about to, like, go and say, like, hey, go private tell You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not endorsing that kind of shit. Yeah. Go give the people who do, who create in this world your money. Mm-hmm. They are some of the most important people out there. Please, if you have the ability to pay for something, mm-hmm. please do it. Britbox, if you're paying for, if you're paying for Amazon Prime and you want classic Doctor Who, it is not that much more expensive to pay for BritBox. And you get a lot of other cool shit in there. BritBox is a huge package, and you get a lot of cool British television. So if you like Doctor Who, you like the rest of it. Pay your creators. It's important. Mm-hmm. They're important. And tip your readers. Um, so, yeah. Great story. Mm-hmm. The next one, we're going back to film. Okay. So. Let's see how boring this one's going to be. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, the next one only is two, three, four, five, six episodes. Oh, just six. Yeah, just six. So it's only, <laughs> it's only roughly three hours of your life. No way. No problem. We only have four more stories mm. in this season. Okay. So we are officially halfway down season one. All right. Woo. Yeah. I'll drink to that. Drink to that. Chin chin. Um, if you have any recommendations on what you want us to do at the end of seasons, please, uh, Shoot me an email. My, the email will be at the end of the pod. It's also at the going to be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll think. I'm uh, working on what we're going to do to celebrate your commitment to eight whole stories and many episodes of whiskey tasting. Oh, maybe we will do a, a blind taste test of some of the stuff that we've had mm-hmm. or maybe some special things. A little recording while we're doing it. Yeah. Maybe you'll get some bloopers and some more ridiculous comments that I have to say. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, put in some of those <laughs> things I cut out. <laughs> because we do not need to go through gem search history. <laughs> so that's it for this week, guys. Next time you hear from us, it's going to be The Keys of Marinus. Mm-hmm. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Diana. Thank you so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you want to catch us for another dram, subscribe to get Doctor Who on the Rocks as soon as it's released. And if you think we're neat... Please rate and review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. You can also check us out at On The Rocks Pod, all underscored, on Instagram, 
or if you have comments or concerns or even better whiskey recommendations, please send them to media on the rocks pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to us. We look forward to seeing y'all again in two weeks for the next episode and another glass of whiskey. See you next time.